Hi, it's Chris Watkin back again with Richard Rawlings, estate agency guru extraordinaire. And today, Richard, you're going to talk about the two missed opportunities that UK estate agents are missing out on to earn more money. Talk to me. Well, very interesting, yeah, Chris. Um, the when buyers come for, or sellers come from, come from overseas, they look at what we do and they, they kind of laugh in a way. They can't, they don't get it. In that they're look, an agent showing them a property and uh, they say, well, we're looking for this sort of property and the agent can only show them what's on their own books. They think, well, what about that one over there? Oh, sorry, it's, it's not on our books. How many agents on their website do you say, we'll find you your perfect home? That's a lie. We don't find people homes. We try and flog them what we've got on our books. So uh, we're not really offering a proper, full, rounded, holistic estate agency service. We're just trying to sell the properties that we've been instructed on. Now, um, one thing that, of course, they do elsewhere around the world is they have a, a multi-listing system where a sole agent would take on a, a, a property and it would be farmed out to all the any other agent who has a buyer, then they're welcome to show the property through that sole agency who will then share their fee with them. When I started an agency, it was really common. In, in, in part of London, I, I was in, in Kensington. Um, we'd all have a beer on a Friday. All the agents would get together and, uh, and we'd just share our stock. So if I had a buyer... I didn't have the right property on our books, I could phone my colleague at an agent up the road and show one of their properties. It's a really good service for the buyer because they, they, they got an agent they enjoy working with, they can see anything on the market through that agent, and it's really good for the seller because it allows other buyers to get access to that property as well. You could argue, of course, that in the digital age, um, we all have access to the same buyers anyway, and to a great extent, that is, that is true. But people don't want to have to form relationships with lots of different agents just to see lots of different houses. So um, again, if, if I was going to open an estate agency, I'd be going, I'd, well, I'd certainly be sharing all my stock on a half commission basis. And that would be one of my USPs or UCBs, unique client benefits, that I'd say, Give me your house to sell, Mr. Seller, and I will happily offer it to any other agent who has a buyer that we don't have. We'll split our fee with them down the middle, no problem at all. And that is going to attract stock as well, because for, for one single point of contact, somebody they like, they respect, hopefully the, their chosen sole agent can manage all the other agents. But surely it needs everyone to do that, or would you just set up and say, right, I'm going to do MLS from... I'd do it with or without them. I, it's, uh, I would be sharing my stock and using it as a way of getting instructions for, for sure. Um, and I think it's, it doesn't take long for agents to realise it, it, it's kind of smart and they do the same uh, as well. But do we need that at the moment in spring 2022 where it very much is the seller's market? Well, I'm looking at agency as a more holistic thing. Um, I don't really think it's dependent on the market. Yes, properties are selling pretty readily at the moment. Of course they are. They don't, they don't need that. But I think we need to look beyond that, really. But if the market does change and becomes more of a buyer's market, this could actually be more yeah. of an advantage, couldn't it? Absolutely. And I'd take it further. If I was going to start an estate agency, um, it wouldn't be a regular estate agency. It would be representing buyers. And I would have in my agency access to everything on the market through all the other agents. Because the two points are, one is multi-listing where you basically share the fee out, but are you also going beyond that and becoming a buyer's representative as well? Well, I, I would, yes. Uh, and we mustn't get confused here because uh, on, on MLS or Halfcom, as we used to know it, the shared commission basis, um, the sub-agent, if you like, so I'm the sole agent, I give it to a sub-agent, I'm, I'm paying them from my money that comes from the vendor, so they are still 
indirectly representing the seller, so there can be no conflict of interest. Uh, in representing a buyer, though, I'm only taking a fee from the buyer to help them, not from the seller. And that gives me access to everything. OK, but most estate agents say that it's tough being a buyer's agent, and we don't do it like that in the UK, no. so... Great, there's the opportunity. Think it through, think it through. I train a lot of agents in this now. Uh, and it's a, you know, it's a really interesting one, Chris, because... Um, and how much I, can they charge? About the same as you would get on a, no. a, a typical buyer's agency fee is about the same as a typical seller agency fee. And it's more certain and it's faster. Would so you, you... To be a buyer's agent, you don't necessarily have to have the MLS working because that's a completely separate thing. Yeah, totally separate. So yeah. how do you sell that service to a state agent? Uh, how do yeah. a state agent sell that service to potential buyers? Well, in fact, if you look at uh, relocation agents, um, they slightly struggle to get buyers because they've got to wait for employers to pass them through or they've got to advertise. Um, so they're twiddling their thumbs, waiting until the buyer comes on, then they'll offer them the buyer representation service. Uh, so who does have a pool of warm buyers that they know that they can agents. offer the service to? Right there. Most estate agents fail to sell to 96% of their pool of buyers because they have to say, look, I've shown you what I've got. I can't help you now. And they said, that's a shame. We were getting on so well. And you've got to wave goodbye and they go and buy one of your competitors' properties. But surely, if, if it's just an introductory service, they might as well go to Rightmove. What value add does the agent have to do to earn their money? Very good question. This You'd only offer this service to... Just go back a little bit. On the basis that we only sell to about 6%, each agent probably sells to about 5 6% of their registered buyers. All you have to do is sell this service to 5 or 6% of the remainder, and you've doubled your revenues. So it's a matter of selecting the right people. Now, if you've got a leaky tap, you might go to B&Q and buy a washer for 50p, or you might get a plumber out for 150 quid. You might do your own tax return, or you might get an accountant to do it. We're after those people who see value in employing an expert to help them, particularly if they're from out of area. You know, if I, I live in Cheltenham, if I was looking to buy in Grantham, um, I'd say, I've just got a posting to Grantham. First person I phone, Chris, you live in, in Grantham. I've just seen this house advertised on Write Me. You wouldn't go and have a look at it for me. Or do you know the street? Do you know, what do you think of the values in that street? It's like having a brother or a friend in an area. I'm not, my system of buyer representation is not a full search service. It's not about finding a property for that person. It's about helping them buy the property they want to buy and negotiating on their behalf. And the fee would be based as a percentage, probably 20% of the amount you save them through your good negotiation off the asking price with a minimum of 1%. Because your, your, your professional advice might be to pay the asking price. So you, you need to make some money somewhere. And is that just a simple case of just putting adverts out there or just good old-fashioned picking the phone up and talking to people? You, you've already got hundreds of buyers on your day. You know, it's a natural progression for a negotiator. I've shown you what we have, Mr. Seller, but as you're cash-rich, time-poor, live-out-of-area, we're getting on so well. Let me offer you our, let me tell you about our buyer representation service because it might save you a lot of time and money. So if you see anything, you go back, back to Cheltenham now. If you see anything you like and like, give me a shout and I will, I'll go and look at it for you and let's have a chat about it and I'll make sure. And I'll also position you as a really strong buyer. So when it comes to making an offer, I've got an offer document that blows the socks off any other verbal offers that might come in. So my job is to empower you, particularly in this market, to empower a buyer to become a, a strong buyer in their own right. And you as, a, um, you as a trainer offer that's, that help and guidance through training? Branches. Absolutely, absolutely. And there are loads of people watching this now who say, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, conflict of interest, how do you get around other agent stock and all that kind of thing? Absolutely. And there's all sorts of wonderful things going on. It's a great training course, but it's a cracking opportunity. Other estate agency trainers are available. Other estate agency, are they really? 
Other state owned trainers are yeah. available, okay, but they well, don't offer by representation. There you go. <laughs> um, fascinating insight there. Those two two ways to earn more money in this market, because let's be honest, it is tough out there, and both of which, even if the market does change into a buyer's market, will will, will be advantageous. You missed the third way. Fees up. Maybe we should do that in the next video.